Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Six. And Father, I want to start with an example that I think that all of us out there can visualize if we haven't experienced firsthand. So imagine yourself in the middle of the summer with a two-story building and a a two-story house and a slightly sloping hillside, and you're going to be hosting a kid's birthday party. And outside, you got a slip and slide going, you got the grill cooking, you got food everywhere. But when it comes time to actually inside the house, you close and lock all the doors on the second floor so that none of your kids, friends, parents, or anyone else goes to any of those places upstairs. But you're so glad and proud to show off the rest of your house, the first floor, your kitchen, the outside, what we got set up. And I show this example for a lot of reasons. First off, the kids at the party don't really care. They just want the burgers, the pizza, and the slip and slide, right? Um, But when we look at ourselves being the one hosting it, we're cool showing that stuff off. But we lock away the spot where we sleep at, the bedrooms and all that upstairs, intentionally. And I bring that up as an example because I think we've all been there or at least have experienced it and draw that directly to how we are with essentially presenting ourselves to other people in relationships, including our relationship with God. There's some parts of us that we want to show off. We want to present, but I don't ever want anyone to see this thing, or I don't anyone ever to know about that. And I wanted to first start talking about that core concept of, is it right? Is it smart? Is it smart or strong to push things away that we're not particularly happy or proud of? And then secondly, what does that do for us in our relationships moving forward? So a little bit of a compounded question there, but I think that you get the analogy and what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I really like uh, I like what you're doing there, Joe. And I uh, will just add a dimension to it. So, uh, blocking off the upstairs, which we could say is, uh, or or even you know parts of the house, uh, we do that for different reasons, right? I mean, there's something about the intimacy of our bedrooms, for example, that's not for everybody. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of hiding away something we're ashamed of. It's a matter of keeping sacred something that doesn't belong to everybody. And so only the family, you know, only the the spouse, only so there are there are areas of our lives that we only let certain people into. And that's very appropriate. We have appropriate levels of vulnerability as we have established trust and commitment with people in relationships. So that's a very nice example of that. We invite people even inviting them into the yard, you know, is uh, uh, onto the property. We, we maybe are not doing that with uh, the the recently released uh, or or the escaped criminals out of the local prison, um, you know, but uh, we're we're doing with our neighbors and family, invited guests, etc. And then into the house, maybe we allow a couple of people into the kitchen to help carry some things. Um, but we're we're not really allowing anybody upstairs except the family, you know, and nobody into the bedroom except the spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those uh, those kinds of things are very appropriate. And then I could add uh, to kind of build on your analogy, what you described, 
uh, maybe there's that closet that we don't let anybody into that we actually <laughs> hide our mess in, right? You know, so that's uh, that maybe gets a little more at what you were uh, kind of pulling on. You know, are there places in my life that I don't let anyone into that I really hide my mess from public view? Uh, and because I'm embarrassed because that's, then it's really hiding things I'm ashamed of rather than simply hiding things that are intimate or sacred and not, not for everyone. And so, uh, that's, uh, a good, you know, so, and then there's a, you could say there's a further thing of like, do I even know what's in that closet? You know, uh, do I actually hide that from myself essentially? And not just hiding it from everyone else and, and prettying up the exterior experience, but I'm actually, there's stuff in there that I don't even want to know what's in there. And, and that, I think that really gets to a, a nice description of a lot of different interior layers in our own hearts. Uh, certain people can be in certain ones and we, we do pretty up exteriors and we hide some stuff away and we don't know everything that's in all of the places in our interior. And, having the, you know, having a sufficient level of love. Sometimes we are not really even in a position to look through that closet on our own. You know, we actually need help. (laughs) We need someone who can look at those things that I'm going to be so ashamed of, but I receive the love through another person that I really trust, even though it's scary, vulnerable to expose that. Uh, Having that other person with me to look at it and then when I go, oh gosh, that's so embarrassing. No, it's okay. That was a hard time in your life or you were going through some things or you really needed that at that point or having someone to speak some truth to bring some love into those places can be really important for us going through our interior closet, you could say, uh, or going through the, uh, the physical closet that we might have a lot of stuff uh, in the basement, the attic. I mean, these are the kinds of things also when you're cleaning out a you know, a parent's house when they're downsizing or, you know, God forbid somebody, somebody dies and there's the tragedy of loss and then going through all of the stuff and, you know, finding things that have been stuffed away for years. And so anyway, I think those, uh, those external analogies, those physical analogies are really helpful to get at the kinds of things that are, that are there in our own hearts. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you you illuminating because I wasn't trying to guide it in one direction or other. I was just trying to say this is the reality of what we do, right? You know, what we, we have certain spots that we emphasize because they're gonna be the highlight of the party or whatever. You know, we make sure that the grill's got the gas or the charcoal, and we make sure that the slip and slide's actually gonna work, the yards cut, all the dog poop got picked up, all of that different stuff, and we make sure that it's there and presentable and but we, but I love how you put it that there's a natural veil of privacy that still should exist, and that as we go out into our lives, there's levels of intimacy we don't share with, and we can think of this on basic levels. You know, you you don't have the same conversations with your boss than you do with your spouse or your children. You know, we kind of get that. And where I wanted to take this to with the next step was with our relationship with God, because should God be invited into all of the personal spaces, into the bedrooms? Should he be with us to help guide us to clean out the dirty closet? Um, the, again, everything's been stuffed into and the door barely closes. Like, can, can where does that element and how do we make ourselves, that's a two-part question, make ourselves more comfortable having 
the discernment of who should be in there. And then a, once we decide someone should be allowed in to actually let them in, because there's certainly a problem of, I want to let people in, but I don't know how, or I'm so used to shutting everyone out. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, we, we want uh, God, of course, to be in all of the places. And that's uh, that, that rubs up against some really uh, important things. I mean, depending on how people's God images have been formed and then depending on, you know, what part of them gets kind of triggered by some of the particular stuff that we're talking about hiding or keeping away from people. Um, it's like, that's the stuff I don't want my overly strict father ever to see. And so that turns into, I won't let God into that place in my life because those images, especially around that stuff are so tied together. And, and that, that's a, that's what we would call a place that uh, of healing. You know, that's a, that's a place that, and it's the kind of thing as a spiritual director that I'm into a lot. So the, the places that one can bring a spiritual director into are the places that one can bring God into. So that's a, there's, there's a very immediate connection. And, and that's true to a certain degree with others who, who really represent, you know, for priests in general, I'm a spiritual director. I'm also obviously a priest and a, and a monk. But um, those people who represent God in a particularly strong way um, when we can let them in, then that has a way of uh, sort of letting God into uh, those places. But for the same reason, uh, when hopefully those people have not hurt you or, or someone else, although that has happened, of course, the clergy abuse problems are in part so devastating because it really affects people at the deepest level. If you can't let God into a place in your life, that's really significant. Uh, he is the one who should be welcome everywhere. And that's what we're working towards. It's, some, it's often the way I define holiness is, is bringing our whole life into relationship with God, or we could say letting God into every area of my life. Uh, when I'm doing that, when I'm placing my whole life under the love of God, under his loving uh, fatherhood, that's that's really holiness. I mean, that's uh, we're bringing everything together, and 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 uh, again, there's work. To, there's work in that. In even knowing what it is that I'm bringing before Him, there are things that we've you know closets that we've forgotten about. You could say, um, but then it's also work if if my image of God is such that it's really hard to let Him into those places because He's so closely united with other people in my life. I would not let into those places. In some cases, we built up those closets to keep our, you know, father or father-in-law or mother or uh, big brother or whatever out of. And uh, so I'm certainly not going to let God into those places. That's the kind of spontaneous reaction that comes out of us and helping to tease apart God from some of those relationships so that we can really allow God into all of those places because he is the one who loves us unconditionally. He is the one that can see the mess and help us to sort through it. He is the one who can uh, help us to accept that I have those messes in my life and still he has hope in me and, and will help me to become a saint. So God is the one that we want to uh, invite into all of those places. Yeah. And I love that. I know that there's going to be out there a little bit of a thought of saying, 
on the one hand, hey, Joe, that's awesome. I only have so much time to set up for this party. <laughs> so, like, like, how am I going to have everything all propped up and prepared to be on, on full display? So, so I think that there's the one element of that. And I, and I certainly appreciate the answer of the way that we view God can certainly affect the way that we, we impact the world. Um, and where I was trying to get with that was we only can do so much. I mean, right. Like we, we also don't want to get caught into the trap of constantly living in the past of all the bad things and only staying in that closet. And we don't want to live in the closet. Right. (laughs) And, And losing sight of all the other good things that we have done in there. I know that there's a personal personality type out there that just will dwell upon perfectionism and only focus on the small little itty bit that's in literally a small broom closet while the rest of the, the party is going off and being amazing. So with that being said, kind of given the fact that we live in time, so therefore everything needs to be a balance. How do we live in to use one of your terms, that tension of recognizing I got things going good should I just keep focusing on making them awesome? And then, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. We, you just described it really well, Joe. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, there is a balance. Uh, we don't want to get lost in the past. We also don't want to ignore the past. And, um, and, and I think if we, if we live in a place of, you know, some interior freedom, uh, God has so the thing is that God has a really he has a vested interest. He he really wants us to be whole, to be holy. He wants us to be interiorly free. He doesn't want our life to be weighed down with packed closets that we're afraid to go into. He really wants to bring healing. He also knows what we're capable of and what we're ready for. Sometimes we would disagree with him about that, but he really does know what we're capable of and what we're ready for. And he has a way of bringing things up. And I think if we just have a a level of openness, which is willing to say, is there a closet that needs to be explored? And um, do I have what I need to explore that? And, you know, is it the time? I think just to have a, a level of openness like that is... Uh, is probably good enough. And as I say, you know, God, God has a way of, you know, suddenly like blowing the hinges off the door to keep using the analogy. And suddenly the closet with all of its stuff gets like splayed out into the hallway or something. And then we've got to deal with it. Um, again, God is not in a position that he's trying to shame us or embarrass us or whatever, but he would rather that than for our life to sink under the weight of that thing. And so uh, sometimes that'll, that'll be what happens. We, we you know, our, our facade is seen through. We, we get called out in some way. We, we fall on our faces and, and uh, our, you know, patterns of, uh, of cover up or our avoidance or our, you know, whatever it is gets exposed. And, and then we actually have to face it, uh, not just get a bigger closet. You know, although sometimes <laughs> that's the kind of thing we do, you know, so but the point is that, that God really, he wants to help us. And so what are the things that we should do? We should have sufficient relationships so that um, more and more the love of those relationships becomes unconditional and committed and is able to sustain us even if we expose some places of pretty deep uh, shame, pain, uh, 
in, in our lives. So we should keep building good, healthy relationships. We should have a life of prayer that's really getting to know who God actually is rather than uh, some of the ways that he flows together with other God images and, um, and, and that's ready to call on him as things come up and that's ready to trust him that he's not trying to ruin our lives, but he really is there to help us and make us holy. And so a regular prayer life. And of course, that includes, you know, the sacraments, confession, the Eucharist, um, our, our church community is important. And, and then a, a time of personal prayer, reading scripture is very helpful. So just to say, if we have some of those elements that are, you know, things we've talked about many times on this podcast and things that uh, are always coming up, but they have a reason. It's not just a matter of checking boxes in order to, you know, satisfy the deity or something like that. It's, you know, there's a, there's a structure of support of love, of uh, trust that, that gives us the strength that we need to explore some of those deeper and more painful areas in our life. And then which one do we explore first? Well, whatever's coming up, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. generally comes out in relationships. I, you know, as a, as a married person, uh, you, Joe, I'm sure run into things with your wife from time to time. Things come up with you or come up with her and and they kind of come up when they're ready to come up. And eventually you get to the point that it's like just managing this thing so that we don't mess each other up too badly uh, has reached its limit. We need to actually look at this thing. Where is this coming from? Why is this happening? What am I doing? And, and then that leads us into, oh, I'm living out a pattern that I developed when I was five, uh, when I was hurt in this way, when I was neglected, when I tried to compensate for my own weaknesses, when I you know, and then that, that pattern emerges and say, well, let's really look at this. And where was Jesus in this? And uh, let me share this experience with you. And we talk through it and we pray through it. And, you know, and then things have a, have a way of changing a bit, growing, developing, healing. And I think that that is probably one of the most important things that we discuss on the show, because I think it's so important, is how do we deal with stuff from when we were younger? And to to keep it in the analogy that we were using here today is that when we overcompensate for something, we all understand physically that, you know, my right leg is twisted or whatever. So I'm walking a lot more on the left. Well, after the right leg heals, what happens? Well, now our left leg hurts because we've put way too much pressure (laughs) on it. And then we just keep living in this cycle of eventually whenever we're in our 80s, we need a hip replacement um, because we never actually put ourselves in balance. And to use the example there of the closet, sometimes we're afraid to go through it or have someone else go through it because they're not going to take it well. And I have bought many houses from estates and I have seen families go through grandparents, moms, closets, literally closets, Um, and have wildly different emotions just between the group of four people in there. You know, one granddaughter is hysterically crying, the mom doesn't care, and the dad's throwing everything out without any compassion or whatsoever. Um, You know, just like, like it's a task, we need to get done, we're keeping it moving. Um, And I bring this up to say because I think in relationships, we're more afraid of the reaction that we're going to get from the other person. You know, are we going to be in a spot where we're not supportive, where we're judged, or that it's going to make it a whole lot worse? I'd rather just keep it buried. And that's the perceived element. And certainly there are peoples in our lives that will 
be triggered by something and make something worse. I mean, we all know who they are. We kind of develop those fact patterns of being able to identify it. It's a good trait as people, right? And where I'm getting to this is that that fear seems natural. And I want to look at this from a broader scope because I think that when we talk about relationships, as often we do here, we get into these inner circle we all can think in our head. We can identify, you know, five to ten people. This is who I'm thinking about when I think of meaningful relationships. And I think what the the task or, or the challenge for the rest of the week ought to be is to realize, no, it really extends to essentially every connection you make. You have brought up many times the person who's given you lunch at McDonald's. It's also the person who's also on your online game that you're playing with and you're talking with, even though you've never seen them in person and you only see their avatar on a screen. It's also the other cars you're driving with on the road. Now, none of this means you have to be driving 15 miles an hour on the highway and be super slow or anything like that. You still act inappropriate for the where you're at. When we're on the road, we go with the flow of traffic. You know, when we're playing a game, we play it to win and we play honestly. You know, we'd be courteous to the people who are serving us. And I think that trying to expand what we think of relationships, to bring this back to the initial example, to who we are inviting, at least willing to invite to the party. And again, knowing the, the appropriate boundaries still, that you guys get to be outside with the grill. You know, you guys don't get to go upstairs. But we realize that all of the people we connect are somewhere connected here. And are we pushing them outside and you know locking them outside the fence, throwing them over the back hillside, or are we going to try to be generous and gracious of letting them in and doing that? And I think that just having that thought process and thinking it through is a good exercise for people to do to go throughout the week. And I think it will really help what you were saying, Father, of trying to live a life of holiness. So I want to give you a last chance to, to say any last thoughts as we conclude today's episode. Uh, no, I think it was great, Joe. I think uh, that focus on relationships and and maybe I would just say, you know, as we're interacting with those different people, kind of paying attention to what's coming up in our hearts in those those moments. Why is it that I shut this person out? Why do I turn that person off? Why do I run away from that person? How do I end up abandoning myself, my my heart when I'm with that person? So just noticing our own interior reactions with, with kindness and curiosity. Why am I behaving that way? Why don't I treat that guy at McDonald's better? Why do I ignore the person on the, on the online game, you know, and uh, not to condemn ourselves for that, but uh, wondering why it happens, trying to make a difference and, uh, and growing from there. Beautiful. And we thank everyone for being with us and we'll be with you again here next week.